Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. to a brand new season of the Attacking Scrum podcast. Uh, we have the Pro 15, 16, 17, 18, or the, the uh, what, what are we called now, Murph? We've got a, a new sponsor for the league this year. I think we're now called the BTK UFC, something like that, or the BKT URC. It's, it's something along those lines. It's, it's initials, initials based. I don't know if you call this one. Is this a South African company? No, I think it's a, I think it's a tyre company sponsoring it in the, uh, in the Northern Hemisphere, but yeah. I did I th- not know that. I think it's BKT, but it re- it reminded me of BTK, which might be a reference you get. Um, <laughs> he was a, a serial killer, I think. In, uh, in so America, we needed yeah. was more letters, really, wasn't it? Just <laughs> more letters on top of the already ones. To the UFC moniker is already there, you know. So I had, I don't know why I missed how I missed that new sponsor thing. Is it a big deal or? Uh, well, no, it's, it's, big, it's big money. Um, I haven't seen the exact details of it, but at the same time, it's a deal because it went unsponsored in the Northern Hemisphere last year. And they've also announced a deal with uh, with Qatar Airways and uh, some repercussions that may follow from that. But um, mm. obviously, there'll be lots of this waffling from me and you to come throughout the season. So we thought we'd bring uh, we'd bring a dose of uh, a dose of a pro to the uh, to the table as well. And I'd like to say that Steph Thomas is with us as well. How are you, Steph? Yeah, very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, yeah, we're all good, thanks. Yeah, so um, hopefully between the two of you, Steph, you can bring us the, the view from the back pages and then Murph can bring us the, the view from his front room and between us we'll have it, we'll all have it covered. No problem. Right, so preview of the season. What we're going to do, we're going to jump straight into this, fellas. We're going to have um, a chat about each of the four regions and if we've got time, we'll have a chat about Wales as well. And for each of the teams, we are going to look at a key player who you think the breakthrough player is going to be, a review of the team's signings, prediction for the league, prediction for Europe, and we'll wrap up on a, uh, a review of their kits as well. So um, 
how do you want to do this? Do you want to do this alphabetical order or east to west or best to worst? What do you, what do you reckon, Murphy? Who do you want to start with? Um, are, we, are we going transfers first or are we going key players? Well, I was going to... Um, I was going to do... Yeah. You're all in a group, is it? Okay, well... Um, I was going to do it team by team, but we could do it... Since yeah. We, since, yeah, of course. Since we've got Steph here, let's start in the west. All right, well... Steph, of course, brings brings with him uh, journalistic neutrality as well. So, um, but we will start. We will start at West. Let's let's start with let's start with the Scarlets then. Um, yeah, Steph, let's let's throw let's throw over to you, Scarlets this season. Um, first of all, out of the out of the, uh, the squad, who's going to be who's going to be the key player for them? Who's going to make them tick this year? Am I only allowed to pick one player, or can I pick a back and a forward? You can give me a short list, but ultimately it's got to come down to one because then Murph will have the other one. Right. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to go for. Um, I think he's going to have to hit the ground running. Brilliant! Um, brilliantly, it cut out just as you told us who it was. Then it was as if we'd censored it. <laughs> no. Um, it's pretty, some of his offloads will need some censorship, I think, this season. But um, <laughs> via Fafita, um, yeah. new signing from Wasps. Um, I think second row is a position where you know they, they struggle a bit, to be honest. Um, I, I still think they need another second row. They haven't really replaced Jake Paul. He's not that type of player. But Fafita is, um, he's, you know, he, he's a bit of a freak of nature. And I mean, as a compliment, he's... He's got an outrageous off-running game. He's a great line-out forward. Um, he's great, great. You know, he's got a great off-running game, but he's also good in the tight as well. Um, you know, and, and he's an all-black. You know, he's he's been a front-line all-black. Um, I just think he's he suits the way they play, and I think he could be the sort of um, catalyst for a lot of good things um, from Scarlets this season. Yeah, absolutely agree. And yeah, on the on the offload point as well, him and Lousy playing together uh, could be. Uh... Could be a, a real treat for Harlem Globe Star trial, Harlem Globe Trotter style rugby uh, from the two second rows. Well, it, it felt yeah, like d- sorry, Steph. To interject, uh, sometimes you felt like Lousy was playing on his own last year. Mm-hmm. He was playing so well, and sometimes he felt like he just wanted someone with him. You know what I mean? And hopefully, for Fita is the is the guy. Yeah, I, I would agree. I remember the game against the Ospreys at the um, Swansea.com stadium as a snow called. Um, <laughs> You know, he 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 was, yeah. It, it was almost as if he was um, on his own with well him and Calvertoni in in that um, in that pack. You know, he was he was making headway. He was looking for the offload, but you know the balance hasn't been right in the Scarlets pack for quite a while. They've got a lot of good athletes like Blade Thompson's a good player. Um, I really do like Thomas Lazana as well. Um, but the, you know, when when you go back a couple of the seasons, you know, you had Jake Ball. And um, Tyreek Byrne, even though Jake Paul is actually injured for a lot of big games, a scarless one, but they had a really good balance. And Lousy and Fafita could be a lot of fun. But the only thing I worry about is there's no like tight deadlock, as the South Africans would call it. Mm. You know, Jack Price is a good prospect, but you know, probably not quite there yet. Um, and I, I just worry whether there's somebody to do the the dirty work, the unfashionable work, the the grunt. But um, what Fafita will bring is. Um, I actually interviewed Wayne Smith um, recently. Uh, I asked him about Fafita, and he he said he's one of the best line-up forwards he's ever um, come across. And I'm saying something obviously because uh, uh, ex All Black coach, of course. And um, he's a sort of guy. He's he's just a freak of nature. Um, and if you put him in the right environment, he can just he, he can win games in his own. But 
the question is, can Scarlett give him the sort of platform to allow him to sort of make the most of his skills? I still think they're a bit light in the in the front five, um, so I don't really see them competing for silverware or anything like that. But I think he's a you know a serious player and a you know um, one, of the, one of the, probably the most high-profile overseas player a region has made for a good few seasons, but four or five years, I imagine. So, uh, yeah, I think he's somebody to be excited about. Yeah, absolutely. A real upgrade uh, upgrade in that position. Murph, who have you gone for, the key player from the Scarlets? Uh, I, I think there's um, a few who... Um, for example, Ken Owens, if he's fit... That's such a boost to the that's such a boost to the Scarlets. You know, if someone like Ken Owens and Reese Patchell ends up playing seventy five percent of the games this season for their club, they, they'll have a totally different season than last year when they were absent. Well, I mean, Ken Owens was completely absent, and uh, uh, Patchell was yeah, a few uh, ma- mostly absent for that season. If they're there for three quarters of the game, they'll have a really good season, I think. Um, and so you can pick either one of those as my key player for the Scarlets this year. There's others. I don't know if they're going to come up in the rest of this thing, but a couple of other players who haven't really hit their stride since they've been playing for the Scarlets. One is Will Griff, John, a sign of being in and out with injury all the time. Uh, and probably Carwin Tuipilotu, who, oh, excuse me, who um, I'm hoping, I mean, he had such big a lot of hopes hanging on him and a lot of uh, publicity at a young age. I'm hoping he kicks on this year and becomes a player who's pushing to get into the Welsh squad because, uh, as we've known for years, the number eight position in Wales is uh, threadbare. Yeah, well, I think that's a, a great shout on um, on both those key players. I think you're right. If, if they can get both of them fit, that's that's almost, you know, that's as good as two two top quality signings, isn't it? And I think they make a massive yeah. difference to the side. And um, yeah, so go on, Steph. I think I think um, when when you go back to the, I know it was five years ago now. Um, I think it's 2017 when they won the Pro 12. Um, they had a lot of great players, obviously Tyburn and Barkley really made them tick um, up front. But in terms of the, their attacking game, it was through Patrick. He was the one that just you know because he's he's a big guy. He's he's a real running ten, and he can get a back the back line going. So he's he's a key player for them. Um, I, I, I sense, you know, and, and obviously Ken Owen's a great leader and is thrown into the lineups very good. But I get a sense that um, the Scarlets are, um, you know, that that, that Ryan Elias um, is probably the first choice puck. I know I actually, you know, he he come in for a lot of stick, but I actually thought he improved um, every single time he's played for Wales. He's improved because everybody criticizes the lineup, but people say, oh, you know, it's Hooker's fault, but. Nobody talks about like the lifter, the jumper, and um, the calls, etc. Um, and he, he's rated like really highly within the Welsh and Scarlets camp. He's a really physical player, and he's a leader as well. So I actually think that Ken Owens is going to have a bit of a job on his hands to get back in the team, to be honest. Um, or as obviously plenty of rugby, and I really like Costello as well. Um, I think he's he's somebody that's probably well, he is going to be the long term um, answer to the Scarlets at ten. So. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Patchell will be interesting. And obviously he can play full back as well. But I, I definitely do agree. I think uh you know, he's if he's fully fit then he's going to um uh you know bring a lot to the team. Because he, he, he gives you when he plays, he, he creates you you've got more attacking potential because of his vision and his running game. Um, but it's 
again, it's, it's a question of whether he can stay fit. And um, you know, uh, he's had bad luck the last few seasons, so um, fingers crossed that um, you know, Lady Luck's on his side this time. Yeah, and as we know as well, it's a long old season. You need a couple of options in each of those positions, even within your, your match day twenty three. If you've got Costler on the bench or or Patchell on the bench, they're two you know fantastic you know a fantastic prospect and a proven player at, at that level. So yeah, again, I think it just all comes down to to them being able to stay fit. Uh, you mentioned a few, a few players there, Costello amongst them, um, and, and Murph mentioned uh, Karun Tupolotu. What about breakthrough player um, for you, Steph? Who, who do you think is going to be the one who's going to kind of really make a name for himself this season? Well, Murph's already said to people often, and I agree that Wales need an eight. So, um, you know, he obviously, uh, a lot of pre- there's a lot of pressure on him, but I thought he, he actually played quite mm. well last season. But, you know, I can't, I can't pick him now. So I, I think Harry O'Connor, the tight end, um, you know, Samson Lee, he's still out for a while. You know, he's had a lot of injuries. Will Griff John hasn't really worked for them. I, I like James Sebastian, but, you know, he's, he's going to be away with Scotland. So I actually think, um, given that Harry O'Connor went to the Wales tour, albeit he didn't play, I would imagine that the Wales coaches are really keen to see him play. Um, I don't think Scarlett's got that much depth of tight dead. So if he's fit, I, I think he probably will get a decent amount of rugby this season. I know he's um, really highly rated by Wales age grade coaches and um, uh, the Scarless coaches. And, and he's one of these guys I've heard a lot about um, from people outside of Welsh rugby. You know, he had a lot of offers to go and play in England um, from while well, he was in the Bath Academy. There was a lot of English clubs after him. Um, so he is somebody that's highly rated. And I've seen bits of him. He played against the Ospreys last year, um, behind, or the start of this year, behind closed doors. When we had that, um, you know, that, that sort of well, it wasn't really a lockdown, but when he went back yeah. and closed doors, and he was really strong in a scrum against them. And you know, Wales, re- Dylan Lewis, as well in South Africa, but he's not he's not the best scrummager. And Wales really need a, a strong scrummager and tight dead. So, um, I'm, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say Hardy O'Connor for the breakthrough pit. Yeah, certainly a player who's very highly rated. Who have you gone for, Murph? I went for Harry O'Connor. There's this young tight end. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Purely, look, purely because, uh, as we saw in the South Africa tour, it's our front five at international level and club level that let us down all the time. Even in the game we won in South Africa, we were still uh, going pear-shaped at the line-out. And obviously, the, the I would say the scrum overperformed on that tour, considering who we were up against and who who was missing, you know, Tom Francis out after the first game and what have you. So um, I think it's so important that the regions work extra hard on their front five development. Um, it's, I, I know it's the, probably the focus of all of them, but I know it's the focus at Cardiff uh, to just bring on quality front five forwards because we're just so you know low on the ground with them. We end up searching all over the country for people like Harry O'Connor and one of you and Tom Francis to bring him in. So uh, I picked him, but they've, they've only made three signings, as we know. Um, we covered one for Fita. The other one is uh, I think his second row from Landovery, young kid. Uh, I might have that wrong. Yeah, and a, and a Cardiff, yeah, and a Cardiff. There's a Cardiff Met uh, back row forward, is it, or maybe a centre? Yeah, uh, Shenton. Shenton, um, Cardiff yeah. Met captain. Yeah, so hopefully one of those turns out to be, you know, an, a, an, un, an a rough diamond or a, an uncovered gem, um, because, um, or, you know, when all the regions are not in the ball not in the uh, market for the big name sign-ins, so they need to keep uncovering um, 
gems. What should yeah. we call them? Diamonds Ty- in the rough. Tyke burn, tyke burn type players who are going to going to come there on the cheap and turn out to be amazing. That, that's the kind of uh, player that all, all the regions are looking for, really. Yeah, let's let's move on and, and talk about those uh, those signings. As you mentioned, there the three three players coming in at, at the Scarlets. Obviously, Fafita, we've we've spoken about, and the two the two there, Shenton and and, and Evans. Um, now those last two are not players I've I've seen play a single game unfortunately. Steph, have you got any more of a, a lowdown on those two? Yeah, I think that you know they're, they're um, Fafita is the sort of only first team signing. Um, you know those two are obviously you know players that um, you know that they, they think they've identified and they think that can come through in the future. I wouldn't expect to see them play much this season. If I'm being honest, I think that squad they had last season, the squad they, they've got now with, with Fafita on top and you know, people like Harry O'Connor. Um, so, you know, I've heard, I've seen a bit of Shenton play for the for Cardiff Met. I mean, obviously there's a big thing about Cardiff Met now because of Don Brandt and, and other players, but reality is not everyone's going to you know, be as good as him. Um, but yeah, he's he's a good leader. He was in the Ospreys Academy. Um, he's played a bit for Aberavon. Um He's been playing number eight. Not sure if he's going to be big enough to play eight, but uh, I know that he's made an impression in training, but I actually think he got injured against Bristol, so I think he, he might be out for a while. Um, but there are uh, there are a few players. Um, are you familiar with Ben Williams, the um, Wales Twenties back rower? Yeah, again, only from yeah, only from watching the Twenties. Yeah, well, he's he's at Scarlets now, um, so he could uh, maybe um, you know do something. Um, another one. Um, we're talking about Harry O'Connor, um, his brother Sam O'Connor. Um, plays Luke said a couple of years younger, serious prospect. Um, he's been promoted to the um, to the first team, uh, well to the first team squad again. You expected to be behind the few players, so he's somebody to watch out for. But um, in, in, you know th- these players won't be used that much. They're sort of for the future. It's for Fita really, um, mm. and then they'll they'll um, you know just just stick with what they've got. Um, but I, I I don't I don't really think that. They've recruited enough, but I think that's probably down to um, where Welsh rugby is at the moment and just contract the contractual situations of of other players. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's all about via Fafita for the Scarlet. Yeah, because the squad is um, the squad will be a bit leaner than than last season, as we said there. You know, only really one first team signing, and then you've got I suppose yeah. So so Liam Williams, who we know didn't play a lot of rugby since coming back, he's gone. Um, and then play, I suppose squad players like Angus O'Brien and, and Steph Hughes have kind of gone out the door as well. Rob Evans, who again didn't play a lot last season, but mm. that squad looks a lot leaner. Do you think that Dwayne Peel will, um, will potentially maybe benefit from that? Although he hasn't got as many bodies, this I suppose a, a, more, a more tightly knit group. Yeah, I think I think he he's come in, and I think the first thing he's wanted to get right is he wants to get, he wants to get the culture right. Mm. Um, he wanted players. Um, not that the others weren't, but you know, the problem Scarlets had when when they won the league, they had a good balance in their squad. They had a lot of players who weren't internationals, but then became internationals. They didn't overly rely on the international players; they just drip fed them back in. And then they got to a stage where they had, you know, the majority of the over half of the Welsh squad, and they were just really, really reliant on Welsh internationals. And that obviously is not great for the culture, and it's not a criticism of those players. But when you're going back and forth between two environments throughout the season, it's just it's a problem. With, it's going to be the problem with the Ospreys this season. It's just not going it, to. It, it's very difficult to get any sort of cohesion. So I think he, you know, he he did a lot of younger players last season. I thought Steph Thomas, um, you know, I th- think he was he was excellent. 
Sean Evans, the hook guy, he's a fan of as well. Um, you know, Jack Price, they've spoke, you know, Carol So they've got some good young players coming through. But I think with the Scarlet this season, it's going to be interesting because they're not going to lose as many players to Wales. Um, there are one or two, like a Ryan Compia, you know, could make it. I, I think he's a, great, he's a great example as well, actually. Yeah. Those players who come in who perhaps haven't played as much. Combia's been around the, yeah. the, the squad a while um, and he got a good run of games last year and I thought he really benefited from it and to me looks every inch a, yeah. you know, a, a URC level player, if not a potential international as well. And I think it's, it's maybe just a, 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 re, a recalibration of that squad rather than a load of players going out. Yeah, yeah, he's restructured the squad. But my point is that they're going to be injuries permitting. They have to be lucky with injuries. They're going to have a lot more consistency in selection throughout the season. Um, there's going to be less players going to Wales. And it's going to be interesting to see because when, when when they had that in um, 2017, 2016, 2017, when they won the league, they had a consistent, like 80% of their squad was mm-hmm. a stint throughout the season. And that momentum they had during the international period, although there's less games during that period now, carried them on and that won them the league. I'm not saying they're going to win the league this time, but it's going to be interesting to see um, whether that sort of cohesion, everyone buying into the Scarlets first and foremost, um, how much improvement they get from that. So they're, they're quite an interesting team um, this season, I think. Murph, let's let's jump over to you to do the um, to do the prediction first. Where where can you see the Scarlets finishing this year in the league? Uh, well, like Steph just said, they would benefit in the international windows from by you know less disruption, but. Personally, I, the thing is, is uh, obviously we know that all the regions finished in the bottom half of the table last year, near enough. Um, and although uh, whether you think you know each team will improve from where they were last year or not, the trouble is the, the rest of the clubs improve as well. So the amount of improvement all four regions need to make to um, uh, get into the top eight or six yeah. or whatever you want to call it, is, is actually huge because it's the best Irish clubs, the best uh, South African clubs. And then well, however, whichever of the Scottish teams plays well next year. I think, the, I, think the, those the six, I think those six are miles ahead as well. The three, yeah. the three yeah. best yeah. Irish sides and the three best Latin sides. I think the goal so is huge, actually. There's two divisions. There's yeah. two yeah. divisions, basically, yeah. isn't it? And yeah. I personally can't see any... Uh, mind you, I, you know, with, when it comes to regional rugby, I've been known to get it really bloody wrong. Uh, you know, I, I thought the Scarlets were going to be the best side last year, and then the Ospreys, um, all the all the British Lions got back fit, and they just started stuffing everyone. So what do I know? But uh, I, I can't really see any region getting into the top half of the table next year. Uh, the only way uh, I, I see that happening is steady progress over a number of seasons. Mm. No one's going to suddenly make that leap in one in one summer. So uh, that's my upbeat, positive outlook have on uh, Welsh rugby. Have you got a, have you got a number for us, a position? Uh, yeah, uh, there's 16 sides in it, yeah. so I'll say ninth. Ninth, okay, one better than last year. What do you reckon, Steph? Uh, it'd be boring if I said nine as well. I was <laughs> you, do, you can do it. You can do it by all means. Say, so, uh, Harry O'Connor. <laughs> I, th- I think. As we said, if you look at the league, right, so Leinster, Bulls, um, Stormers, uh, Munster, Ulster, probably Sharks are going to be in the top six in, in, you know, don't know the order, but that'll probably be the top six. Then you've got four or five sides fighting for the last two playoff spots, two Scottish teams. Um, uh, you never will call not out because the 
having said that, what will really do corner din this season is that ridiculous emerging island tour because the the top Irish provinces will have their best players and corner have benefited yeah. from not having players in the island squad. And then that this season could be not over, but they could be handicapped until like Christmas time. Um, but anyway, going off on tangent, and you obviously you've got the Lions, um, and then you've got probably three of the four Welsh teams are contenders for the last two spots. So I'll say Scarlets will be contenders for the playoffs, but I think they'll just miss out or I'll stay ninth. Fair enough. All right then. And can you can either of you see any any kind of ray ray of light in in Europe or just just going to be? I, I suppose it's different for the Scar. You know, Scarlet's not being in the top tier this time round. You know, yeah. it's a European Cup run on or the European Challenge Cup run on the cards. Maybe. I, I think I, I reckon they could go deep in it because well, it depends on the knockout stages. But in their pool, they got Bayon, newly promoted. It won't give a shit about the Challenge Cup. I don't know if I can swear on your pod just if I can't. But no, you they, fucking they, can't. They, <laughs> they don't. They don't give a fuck about the challenge cup. They let's face it. Oh, <laughs> you set the tone up. They, they <laughs> just. Um, they just concentrate on, you know, staying in the top fourteen. Um, the cheaters will be tricky because they want to prove a point to stay in, um, you know, to uh, have future participation in European competition. But they're playing in Italy, so I think Scarlet will win that that pool. And uh, I think they, yeah, I think they could make. Very least the quarterfinals, if not semis, of the Challenge Cup. I don't see why they card if they've won it before. I don't see why they can't have a good run in that. I think they'll probably do better in that than the league. So yeah, I think Challenge Cup might be the the bright point of the season this season. You think the same, Murph? Yeah, uh, I didn't realise the Cheetahs were in the Challenge Cup. When did that happen? Uh, they're not even uh, in the URC. I, I, I know, but it's it's weird. Again, so so what what do what do they play against week in week out when they're not in Europe? I'm guessing it's just the the, the Curry Cup, yeah. Oh right, okay. Which is not running the same time as our season. It runs kind of springtime, doesn't it? Curry Cup. So they're historically, actually, yeah. So they're actually just turning up for European fixtures, unless I've got it all wrong. Obviously, the the, the regular. South African sides, yeah. Big Four, will be playing league games against us week in, week out, and then going into Europe. I still don't think the English uh, uh, media and fan base have put, grasped onto the fact that they're going to be playing, you know, the Bulls and uh, and the Stormers in the European Cup yet. But um, yeah, that's a weird one with the Cheetahs. I, I I didn't mm. I don't know where I missed that memo happening, but that that is a weird uh, setup altogether. It's done, the URC has done wonders for South African rugby. You know, the viewing figures and everything down there. Um, and the fan engagement has been brilliant for them. I don't Some, know. How much someone's got. Is. Someone's got to love this league, haven't they? Well, I don't know how much it's done for us, uh, apart from getting more kickings. Uh, I, you know, um, I don't think the fan engagement has improved in this part of the world. But, but from everything I read, you know, financially and fan engagement, and everything, stone wonders down there. Fair enough. Right, let's uh, let's wrap up on the Scarlets with uh, with the most important part, in my opinion, anyway. The a, a review of the kit. Have you had a chance to see this, Murph? Or shall I share the screen? Yes, it's you my favourite. You've it seen that. You like that one? The, it's the black and gold thing. I like. Uh, oh, the, I'm assuming the away, the, the away kit. Yeah, yeah. I, I know black and gold has been done before by the Ospreys, but this is different. It's better. Uh, it's more like a look from 
a distance. It's almost like a quartered black and gold. It's not as half and half. But um, you don't I, I see like enough the, quarters in this day and age. I would bring bring no. back the quarter. I, I'm oh, a big don't fan start of that. me off. Don't start me off. Big there's fan a of that. there's a thing. There's a thing with uh, old rugby fans in my neck of the woods, Cardiff area, where they, everyone, uh, kind of my vintage, will say, if they brought out the old Cardiff quartered shirt. Everyone and his mate would storm in. They can still put bloody adverts on it. You know, they, obviously the old one, it was literally a badge yeah. and, and a white collar and then the colours. Now they've got, they've obviously got to have sponsors all over it. So you could put out a quartered shirt, you could still put your sponsors over it, but that, I'm convinced that would sell like freaking hotcakes. But they keep the marketing people, all the people around up, you know, say uh, the teenagers don't want to know, the kids don't want to know. And in fairness, it's the teenagers that the sport needs to chase. But um, some, of, some, some of the kids, kids, some of the kits that come out, not just in regional rugby, but all over modern rugby now, it just look like, they look like what they are, something that's been designed on freaking uh, Photoshop or, or Microsoft Paint or some app, because it's just a mismatch of colours. So some of it looks like it's been flicked paint across a jersey. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Some of the junior kit in my, in my club just looks like they've uh, Jackson Pollocked something and then said that's our kit for next year. There's no rhyme or reason to modern kit as far as I'm concerned, and I know I... I'm well into the realms of being a dinosaur now, but uh, I, I just think now and again they could bring out a vintage shirt. They, they only pay lip service to vintage shirts, not actual well, vintage if, shirts. If you look at if you look at football that has a real kind of um, a real market, you know it's still huge business. Mm. Football replica shirts. There's, mm. There is, um, you know, the, the way that, that a lot of the Premier League clubs do it is there. There is an angle for a retro, you know, a retro inspired kit. Something that, that has a real kind of um, a real nod to a to a previous kit, and they, they kind of do that a bit more. So I, I agree. I think there could, there could be a bit more uh, a bit more imagination. It's a bit deeper than I was uh, imagining, to be honest. Around around a review of the kit, what do you, what do you make of the the Scarlet's home kit, Steph? Uh, fashion isn't my uh, strongest <laughs> point. I'm uh, more of an uh, expert on on the field matters and um, politics, but. People probably say I talk shit in that as well, but um, <laughs> I think it's uh, yeah, I think it's a decent kit. I mean, I'm not I'm not quite sure about the three feathers on the yeah, that, it, yeah, that, that grates a bit, doesn't it? I'm not I'm not a huge fan, but you know, obviously it's all about sponsorship. Um, yeah, apart from that, it's fine. Um, but as I said, it's not it's not really my. You're not going to get much <laughs> insight from me when you ask me about kits and stuff. <laughs> I'm not. I was on a podcast the other day, actually, and a bloke asked me, uh, "You know, who's got the best hairstyle of the Welsh players?" And I'm just like, um, uh, uh, "Josh Navidi." I can't say. Um, <laughs> don't really know, to be honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, um, yeah, I, I like it, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not really that much of a big fan of the three feathers yeah. in the front. But I understand why they've got it because of sponsorship and, and whatnot. Mm. Right, fair enough. Um, let's move on then. If we if we started out west, let's bring it down to your neck of the woods then, Murph. Let's let's have a look at Cardiff now, shall we? Um, oh, you throw me now. Who are they? Go on. <laughs> let's uh, let's let's go for yeah. We'll, we'll start as we did before. Key player. Who's going to be the key player for uh, for Cardiff this season? Uh, I'm just putting up the squad now, so you'll have to wait. The um, look the signings. Uh, if they come off, then they're in business, and they, you know, uh, all their signings. There's there's much more signings going on at um, Cardiff than there are at um, 
Scarlet's and the Ospreys, yeah. but they're all 30, 30 plus. So they're not long term, you know, the 31 ballpark, uh, Liam Williams and, and Falatau and uh, Tamani. And um, so they're not long term started, but hopefully they bring the best out of what's already there and what's coming through. Um, so I suppose they, there was no real replacement for Nick Williams when he went. Um, there's a lot of filling in with hopefully this guy will do it or mm-hmm. Josh Navidi will cover. So I think, you know, <laughs> it's fairly easy to see where I'm going. If Falatau is uh, fit for the whole season, things are going to go much better for Cardiff uh, in that position. Although, I mean, they, they got shed loads of flankers on, on the books, but no out-and-out top-quality number eights there. So um, you could easily, I mean, obviously you could easily pick the other signings as well. What I will say about Tamani, Lepetti Tamani, um, if, you know, if he signed as a second row mm. and they desperately uh, need extra uh, cover there. But everyone I've spoken to says in his kit, in the flesh, he just looks like a big back rower, which is classic Cardiff. Signing yeah. a second row was not really a second row. It, you know, it, I know it's, we're, we're, we're past the, court, the kind of the Sam Norton nightmare days. I know, you know, the signings tend to be more, <laughs> more realistic now, but... Um, yeah, it looks it looks like he might end up playing blindside a lot because he just he just at, the, at this level the, the the kind of build of the, the second rows we see around the British Isles, he looks more and more like a flanker in the flesh. So I, I might be wrong there, but um, well, and a lot of the time, yeah, you you do have so so particularly in club rugby, but and in international rugby, how often do you see a second row? playing at playing at six? You know, you have that extra oh, yeah, that sure. extra that extra sure, player sure. in there and. Um, yeah, it, it's it's interesting because you know, really they they don't need more back row. I, I agree with needing an eight, but they don't need they don't need more flankers. So um, no. yeah, I, you know, I've, from what I've seen, he's he's a good player. But I would be inclined that would definitely be the the concern is that they've got another they've got another back row forward there. And um, who do you think will be the key player for uh, for Cardiff this season, Steph? Um. I, I don't think you can go far wrong uh, by saying Josh Turnbull. Mm. Doesn't really. So I'm struggling to think of it. A bet the sort of value for money signing um, that a Welsh team has done for the past decade. He's just been. He's been a titan for them. I mean, you know the amount of games he's played. He's there week in week out. Um, I was up in the um, URC launch in Slough. Um, don't ask me why he was in Slough you know, because obviously. You know, there's no English teams in the competition, but the competition doesn't make sense. So I suppose we're keeping with our theme. But um, there'll be the Slough was... Titans will be joining it next year, or, or Slough Under Eights RFC or something. Well, I won't put it past them. Um, but no, it was it was a great day actually. But anyway, um, he was up for press. Um, you know, asked him a few questions, and what what strikes me about Josh is sometimes when he speaks to a lot of players, that you know they. They just go through the motions mm. and stuff, but he's—you can see the passion there. You know, I asked, you know, I said, you know, has there been a lot of soul searching in the summer? Because obviously, you know, losing by nearly seventy, conceding nearly seventy points in Benetton, you know, forty points twice in successive weeks to Scarlets, not really acceptable. And you could tell straight away. You know, he said it's unacceptable. You could see, uh, you know, the passion in him. Um, you know, I think he's an excellent captain. He's. He's learning. He's um, well. He's um, currently doing his level four coaching, um, and he's going to be um, coaching Command and Quinns as well. And 
I asked him what what he what I what he thinks is the what sort of coach he wants to be, and he was on about man management. Um, you know, he's worked with a lot of technical coaches, but you know, a lot of them haven't been great or diab- you know, diabolical as the word you use. Um, di- some of them are diabolical man managers, and he's the same as a captain. Apparently, you know, he he's there, he's the glue of the team. He's consistently never dropped behind below seven or ten, play six, uh, seven or or lock, good line of forward, very physical. I just think he's just a perfect player for them. And you know, the issue I've got with like Liam Will- Liam Williams and Father how they're both world class players and when they play they will obviously make a difference. But was it really smart recruitment? Um how how often are they gonna gonna be playing for Cardiff? Um Obviously, is the eighty twenty funding split, which is probably why they've gone down mm. that road. But you know what they needed was um, really good non Welsh qualified players, almost who are going to be there throughout the season. Obviously, easy said and done. But I think you know, for all we could say that Farletow and Liam Williams would be big signings for them. You know, Turnbull is the one that's there week in week out. Um, Thomas Young would be good as well. But I'm yeah, I'm going to go for Turnbull. I just think. I, I just think he's a very, very underrated player, and uh, you know, whenever they're in trouble, he's the one that, um, more often than not, sort of gets them out of a hole. So, yeah, Josh Turnbull for me. Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely, stalwart player there. Obviously, one of one of the experienced end of the of the spectrum. Murph, what about what about breakthrough player who's who's going to kind of really step up and shine this season? Um, this is more wishful thinking or hopeful thinking rather than I actually think it might happen, but I hope it's one of the young second rows, Teddy, Teddy Williams. Williams to be, yeah. Um, uh, probably much too soon, but Joe Peard, sore subject for you, I know, but uh, yeah. he's a lump. Um, but Teddy Williams, he's the age now where it's, it's going to happen now or, or it probably isn't going to be, he isn't going to be as uh, good as we hope, uh, if you know what I mean. If he doesn't, I, I'm assuming he's about 23, I could have a look at the list, but uh, if he doesn't sort of kick on now and get more first team appearances, then he probably is going to be in the background most of the time rather than ever becoming out and first choice at, uh, at a regional side. So, um, and, I, and again, you know, going back to the, uh, the international side thing, is the more um, competitive quality second rows coming through, the, the better it is um, for the national side because we've got two very good in there at the moment and, and, and the, the veteran um, backup, Balmain Jones kind of thing. Uh, but then it starts to get, the further you go away from them, it starts to get a bit, a bit thin on the ground again. So, um, yeah, there's a few second rows on the country who I hope will kick on this year. Yeah, and, and as, you said, as you said right at the top, that's, that's what they need. You know they they need someone in that position who can who can yeah. really step up and um and yeah I think I think you're right potentially one of those think, uh, one of those two know, players would be interesting it, yeah even in our darkest darkest terrible nineties low points we still had a bit of a backline going mm. a lot of the time but yeah. where where we even when we're playing well uh, you know like uh, various Grand Slam uh, performances over the last uh, fifteen years or so and even you know. Uh, a World Cup semi-final uh, appearances, we've still had a wobbly, through all of that, we've still had a wobbly set-piece every mm. time. And quite often, uh, when we have won Grand Slams, it's where we've managed to uh, minimise the effect yeah. of our shoddy line-out. Or, 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 for example, 2019, out of nowhere, we had a, a 90-odd percent success rate on our 
on our lineout um, on our own ball. And uh, surprise, surprise, we played well then. Uh, and the rest of the time, you know, like I just mentioned on the South African tour, um, you know, we, we I was in the pub and everyone there thought we'd, we'd buggered it up mm-hmm. because we ruined so many chances in the opposition half by overthrowing or not straight or whatever, whatever you know. Well, not it wasn't even it wasn't even the throwing in a lot of time. It was just Ebenezer Beth knowing exactly where we were going to throw it all the time. So um, that that kills us, you know. It just it just kills us at the international level. So, like I say, the regions all need to um, uh, keep going with uh, the, the academies in particular. They're churning out a lot of players who are the same size, if you know what I mean, like a bit of rugby league type of thing going on. But they need to look after the big boys, even if yeah. they're not ready at the age of 17, 18, 19. They need to be looked after in case they turn into monsters by the time they're 22. Um, and I suppose that's, you know, I don't need, they probably don't need me to say that, but uh, that's, that, that is got to be the focus, I think, across all Welsh rugby. Yeah, good. What about you, Steph? Any, any of kind of the, the younger players within that squad do you think are going to step up, make a big impact for Cardiff this season? Yeah, I'm uh, really looking forward to seeing um, Jacob Beetham. Uh, I know they've just had Liam Williams, so it sounds a bit silly to say that, but obviously, you know, he, he'd be missing for some of the season. Um, you know, I... Matthew Morgan's not not the greatest in defence, let's face it. So uh, I'd really like to see Beetham have a go. Um, he played last season, obviously, during that, um, you know, when he was second South Africa and in his European games against Toulouse, um, you know, in, in the European game against Toulouse, sorry, and he, he was excellent. You know, he's a big boy, um, good in the high ball, uh, hits a good line. Um, I think he's got those sort of raw attributes to be a future international, so... Obviously, it's going to take a good few years for him to get there, but um, I'd like to see him um, have an opportunity this season. So I'm going to go for Jacob Beetham. Yeah, exciting player for sure. Right, let's um, let's get your your predictions then. Um, I, you know, obviously, we kind of alluded to this when we were doing the Scarlets bit, but Murph, I take it you're um, it, it's low um, low on down in the league for for Cardiff again. Yeah, I can imagine them being uh, based on what Steph said about the amount of availability of um, Liam Williams and Falatau. Um, I can see them being in a similar position uh, they found themselves this season, probably or hopefully without totally com- falling in a hole at the end of the season with the, the defence just leaky as you like. Um, but even so, you know that you know even if they stop. Uh, giving away tries like that. Look, they're, they're fixture lists. Before you even start the season, their fixture list is a fucking shit show. Hmm. They, 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 they got no home game after March, from what I can tell. I don't know if I'm mixing it up with a different club now, but the way that, you know, the season's chopped up with the international breaks and everything else, uh, and then it all comes back after the Six Nations. Well, after the Six Nations, all Cardiff's games are away from... This is from memory when the fixtures came out some time ago. Uh, and so, it's no wonder they're all skint. Because you go, you go. Uh, it's just huge for, for all the regions, well, probably all the clubs anyway. But it's just huge gaps where you've got no, you, you, you know. Mm. I, I know we're in a different world now, but you used to have a home game every fortnight. That's mm. the way. That's the way league structures work, and all that is the bollocks now with uh, with this. Well, well yeah, it is. It is a different world away, but there is still that element of being able to attract a. Um, 
you know, attract a crowd, that familiarity helps to do it. So, you know, to, to throw an example from, you know, from cricket, for example, you know, they they have a familiarity of days. So certain sides play their T20 games on a, you know, on a, on a certain day. And that makes it a lot easier for people to, to make plans and, and come along and do it. And that had been yeah. successful for like 15 years. And, and you're right, you know, when you've got the logistics of running across two hemispheres, whatever we've got, five different, five different, um, five different countries. Is it five? Italy. Yeah. Yeah. Is that right? I don't know. Um, and then you've got, um, yeah, you've got all the, all the, the logistical problems to go with it. It's, so it's, it, it's no surprise that you end up with these, with these bizarre things. And it, and it just makes the, it makes the, the product so confusing. And fans are um, creatures of harbour. Yeah, as well, that, exactly. Because, um, Ulster, um, for some reason, you know, they, they'll have a Friday night game at um, King's Fun. Um, and, you know, that's like part of the sort of like schedule of sport fans in Belfast. You know, Friday night is Ulster night. So yeah. you don't take your missus out for dinner on a Friday night, take it to the King's Fun. Yeah. But fixtures are all over the place. And that's, that's even though it's not going to happen, that's why a lot of Welsh fans want to be playing in England because there's a home fixture every other week yeah. you don't go more than two weeks out of home game uh, and obviously you can travel to the away game so um, it's not the most fan friendly competition is it the URC which is a big problem no it's not yeah. and yeah I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on this a little bit later as well it's gone there sorry it, it's, it's easier to follow my club in the championship we're home and away every Saturday mm-hmm. at the same time we don't change the kickoff time 2.30 and you know there's been some cancellations of various obviously the the Queen and everything, and then there was the heat wave where some pre-season friendlies, a lot of people pulled out of their pre-season friendlies because of the heat wave. We put messages out on social media, but because some of our uh, supporters are so old, social media is no good. So mm. we, we cancelled the pre-season friendly in the thick of the heat wave, and a lot of the old boys still turned up expecting the game, the club <laughs> expecting the game to take place. Clubhouse is open, Happy yeah, but days. game calling. So, you know, we, I copped a lot of abuse from, from some of my former coaches and different things at the club. Uh, so, I mean, aside from smoke signals, I'm not sure how to or take an advert out in the South Wales Echo, which no one reads anymore. I wasn't sure how I could get a message to these blokes who don't do computers or, or, uh, or mobile phones. But, um, uh, but they, what I'm getting at is they can rely on every other Saturday they can turn up at 2.30 have mm. a point and watch their club and you know even in the premiership whilst premiership you can't do that anymore they're playing midweek games all the time yeah. to avoid clashing with the weekend games so their squad players can be nabbed by regions or go down to the championship or whatever they're playing midweek games so they're not in the way of everyone else which goes to show how short the players we are in this country well yeah and generally what a mess um, what a mess the, the calendar is never mind the global calendar you know the, mm. the the calendar from from kind of grassroots upwards is a is really difficult thing to manage. Right, Steph, any um, do you see any joy for Cardiff in Europe? Um, I do see some joy in Europe. Uh, I think they got Newcastle and Breve. I mean, um, Breve probably won't be as interested in the um, the, the Challenge Cup, um, similar to Bayonne. Newcastle won't be easy, but yeah, I, I can see them having a decent Challenge Cup run. The issue issue Cardiff have got. They got they got a lot of good players, um, so they'll they'll win, you know they'll win big games. You know they beat Leinster last season, albeit in the international window. So they're capable of winning games. But what Di Young said, um, 
you know, a few times last season concerns me. Um, you know, after the away Scarless loss, you know, he said, you know, a lot of players are playing mm. for the long term futures, etc. I assume he meant he wanted to get a reaction. He didn't get that. They, they got stuff the following week and you know, obviously because um because of COVID and PCAS, a lot of players an extra year on their contracts and understandably so. And it's obvious that there are a lot of players in that squad where what maybe Let's face it; they don't like to be critical. Maybe aren't quite good enough for where Cardiff want to be, um, and that that's a tough place to be. I mean, obviously, I think Thomas Young is a really good signing, even though they they'll be away. You know, Father Tom and Liam will, will bring something. Um, Tamani's probably better than what they've got, but I, I just feel you know it still is the bulk of the side that got stuffed out in Treviso. Stuff twice for the Scarlets. They'll be better than that, obviously. But I, that that's my my big worry for Cardiff this season. Um, the culture, um, mm. whether he can get the best out of those players. Um, hopefully he can. I think there'll be an improvement, but I don't think it'll be enough to make any sort of serious inroads. So I I, I don't really see them um, making the playoffs in the, the URC. But I think they can have a decent European run. Yeah, I think yeah, it's a really um, interesting analysis of it there. I think if it was any other, co- you know, if it was an inexperienced coach, if it was, for example, a Mulvihill or someone who we didn't know as much about, you'd be looking at those string of results, going, "This is this is completely shot." I think Dai Young has that reputational credit in the bank that makes you yeah, think, you know, he he has the opportunity to turn it round. But I but I agree. I think you know those those thumpings have to disappear off the off the score sheet. Um, but yeah. I but I, don't, I can't see enough of an improvement to, to reach that, the playoffs. That wasn't um, that wasn't a criticism of Dyer. No, 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 I didn't I, think actually, it was. I actually rated him highly. I think you can tell, like you know, obviously I was in the room when he mm. said those those things. So you could you could tell that he's a, he's a really well respected coach. Every single player I've spoken to, off the record, raves about him as a coach um, and a man manager. But he has inherited, you know, he has inherited the squad. Yeah. Um, he's inherited. Everything and it's very difficult when you when you're at wasps and there was a bit more money, even though you know the first season they nearly went down, nearly went bankrupt, you know. But later on, there's more money. You could you know you could recruit quite heavily and you could change a lot, but you can't really do that at the moment. So yeah, he's brought some really good players in, but he's still got like eighty five percent of the squad he had last season. So that that for me is the biggest issue. And I I just don't think I just don't think there's enough there to really sort of push them forward this season Fair enough, right we are um, uh, going to take a break very very quickly but Murph quick word on the Cardiff kit before we uh, before we head to the break do you need, a, do you need a, a nudge on this one or have you, have you seen it? Talking of kind of no, his, seen it, history yeah, inspired kits Yeah and then the away, the away kit looks like, uh, to me looks like a little bit of 90s Pontypree for the away kit It does actually, that's um, a good shout yeah, the, the, yeah. the red and, red yeah. and black chevrons uh, yeah what what took my eye was the um, the blurb, you know, the launch. Uh, my my mate's daughter was all over the launch because she's captain of the under 18s and involved with the Blues, so I, it was a bit distracting because he, um, <laughs> she's the spit of her mum as well. So um, yeah, uh, I, I you know, like I said, I can't get excited about it because it, you know it, it is a it is retro, but it's not properly. It it just pays lip service to it, and also you know the blue and black thing. Mm. 
if you get hold of the kit these days and look closely, it's blue and then a darker shade of blue. It looks it's blue. blue it, it looks blue on the telly as well. Like it doesn't yeah. look. It doesn't yeah. look like blue and black. Yeah, it can't. It just can't bring themselves to do retro properly. It's always got to be. And, I, and you know, look, I, like I say, dinosaur, and they, you know, if they got, uh, if they were getting it right when they were attracting loads of kids, I'd shut my mouth. But they're not attracting loads of kids, so. Um, I just think you look after the olders, look after the oldies instead. And I, I, I would literally buy a quartered kit if they brought it up. Right, we'll, we'll bring back that campaign for uh, for the quarter kit. Right, what we are going to do though is take a quick break now, and then when we come back, we're going to have a look at the uh, the predicted fortunes of the okay. other two regions uh, and all of that to come after this very quick break. Welcome back to the Attacking Scrum season preview. Uh, time now to take a look at the Ospreys and uh, and how their fortunes uh, will go this year. Um, I'm going to throw to you first here, Murph. Um, key player for the Ospreys this season? Uh, it's easy for me because they've got a, like a new signing. Uh, they only make well, they haven't made any signings. Uh, they've got two a lone guy youngster coming back and one of the signings, but no big signings. But they've got this new kid who's just come back from a long injury, Justin Tipperick. <laughs> and uh, if he's back to 85, 80, 85% of his best, uh, they're going to be all right. Because, you know, obviously at the moment, all their big names are fit. Dan Lidiot, well, no, he got injured again, didn't he? Only concussion, though, mm. on the tour. Uh, and then you've got George North fit, you've got everyone fit again. So if Tipperick's fit as well... Um, they could, and and if they kick on from some of the good things they did last year, they could be the the ones that might trouble the top eight. Yeah, yeah, I um, I think that's a that's a decent assessment. Um, be interesting to see, you know, kind of there's there seems to be a lot more back row. Uh, well, we've always had lots of back row options, but Tipperick when he's been fit, has featured so much for you know featured so much for Wales in recent years. Um, there's a lot more competition for that seven shirt now, isn't there? You know, I think obviously Reffel had a really, um, a really impressive tour. Then you know, Navidi when he's fit, um, it'll be interesting. You know, how much how much Tipperick is away, and if perhaps he isn't away as as much as he was, it'd be a massive boost, massive boost for the Ospreys if um, if they got a bit, you know, a bit of extra game time with him when he wasn't away with Wales as well. I mean, again, we've said this hundreds of times. The seven shirt in Wales is absolutely mental. You know, if you look who's come through in the last 12 months, Jack Morgan, uh, Tame Basham, and then Tommy Raffle in the summer. And, and then we still have got people like Navidi around and Tipperick around. Uh, Sam Lewis was snapped up by Bristol Bears mm-hmm. because they were short recently. Uh, you know, and he's, he's never even got close. And then Tom Young's is back in, Thomas Young is back in Wales. Uh, it's just a ridiculous, ridiculous position for us. If you could spread that talent out around the pack, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. trade in a few of our sevens for some four and five, that would be great. But it's, it's just ridiculous. I mean, and again, English English uh, international side don't use proper open sides. So it doesn't make any difference how many we've got. They, they, just, they just keep putting a, a second row on the blind side and a blind side on the open side. Um, but for us, for the way we want to play, especially under... Pivac is ridiculous. The choices he's he's got to make harder than than you know to 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 pick between them all is the hardest part. I would say. Yeah, yeah, potentially it is. Um, Steph, key player for uh, for the Ospreys this season. Uh, well, Tipperick would be up there, but I'll I'll say um, I'll say Jack Morgan because um, just because. <laughs> 
<laughs> just because again, um, I, I just he, he could be something special. You know, he's good enough to win, you know, a serious amount of cups for Wales, if not even higher honours. But um, I just get the impression that in Pivak's mind, he's down the peck in order, especially with Ref having done what he's done. So he is the point I keep making about availability. He'd be available throughout the season. He, he's a he's a He's a hell of a player. You know, he's he's just phenomenal at the breakdown. He's even better than Tipperick at the breakdown. Um, all round, obviously, Tipperick is is still the, the best seven in Wales, assuming he's what he was before his injury. But Morgan is just there week in, week out, serious work rate. He's a contender for man of the match every game. I said, watch him play. He was the same with the Scarlets. You're thinking, right, he's my man, new match report, man of the match, or player of the match, Jack Morgan. And he got to a point where I'm like, I can't give it to him again. God save. <laughs> he's our type of player. Um, and it'd be interesting to see. I, I think they could even put him six. To, but then again, there's the Lydia issue. So, yeah, I, I'm going to say uh, I'm gonna say Jack Morgan for me. Yeah, he's a. I mean, like you said there, Matt, there's so much, there's so much talent um, in Wales, you know, with, with genuine open sides. There is at the Ospreys alone. You, know, you mentioned Tipperick and Jack Morgan there. I think young Harry Deves is a really great yeah. prospect as well. You know, they, they, they're going to have a, a real um, a real amount of talent in um, in the in the in the flanker positions. Um, but yeah, I can see. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair shout on on both of those players. What about um, what about the player who's kind of going to break through and um, and make an impression this season? Who've you gone for, Murph? Um, I haven't actually remembered who I picked. Um, but I hope uh, there's a theme developing here with my picks. I know, but Reese Davis, second row. <laughs> mm. um, I think he, he was involved in one squad. I think in the autumn, wasn't he last year? Um, yeah, I think he was maybe drafted in late for someone, wasn't he? Didn't, on, yeah. didn't get close yeah. to a match day sign. And um, again, like Teddy Williams and uh, the other players that I've picked, uh, it's just he's another one of the ones who for Wales' benefit needs to kick on from where he from he's I mean he's probably the best of the young young uh, player young second rows around at the moment but if he kicks on again then uh, uh, that's a start for the uh, national side I've been really impressed with him actually Rhys Davis I think he's you know and certainly at club level I think he's got you know that that level of grunt and um Dog, as you say, that you that you that you need in a in a second row. I think he's been. I think he's been a really good recruit for the Ospreys so far. Um, what about breakthrough player for you, Steph? Who've you gone for? Joel Hopkins. Uh, I think he's. Um, I think he's the long-term answer for Wales at twelve as yeah. well, because he's one of these players. He's got number one right. He's got size. He's a yeah. big, big guy. He can get over the gaining line. Number two, um, he's got pace. He can make breaks. Um, you know he's a he's a footballer. Um, you look at that, um, partnership with twenty with the Wales twenties or in the vintage Wales twenties side, but Hawkins and Mason Grady. You know Mason mm. Grady had all the physical attributes, but Hawkins was the brain of that back. He's an outside half playing twelve basically. He's a big outside half playing twelve, um, and he's the sort of guy. He he he's got physicality. He's got size. He's got an off-running game. He's got vision. He can. He's a goal kicker as well. Not first choice goal kicker, but he. Give it a good shot in in uh, in Italy for the twenties, um, and Wales have been looking for a long time for a player like um, you know that, that that can mix that um, gain line carrier and how that's got a really good offloading game. 
that's a footballer. And I think, I'm not saying that he's, I don't think he's going to make the next World Cup, but I think in the long run, he could be the answer for Wales at 12. So, um, you know, Toby Bull said in the press, in, in his interview, in interview recently, that he's a world class player at 20s level. If you look around the under 20s players around the world, he might make the, might be close to making the, you know, a world under 20s team. So, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I, I I'm going to go for him. I think I think he's um, he's going to make an impact this season. Yeah, he's featured a lot, you know, in the uh, from a very young age actually for the Ospreys in in kind of bits and pieces, you know, coming off coming off the bench and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Do you see him this season as being um, as being a starting as being that kind of starting role for for the uh, <coughs> for the first team? I don't think he'd start the season as a first choice, but I think they start to gradually get him in there. But he's the sort of player when he gets an opportunity to play so well, it'd be hard to drop him. And his, his problem solving is really good. They say that about um, Sam Costello at the Scarlet mm-hmm. as well. When things don't go his way, he has the ability to sort of think through the problem and think his way out of a hole, which a lot of players don't have. Um, as it's fresh in my mind as well, um, even though they haven't made any sort of Big name signings. Um, Jack Walsh, the um, Australian 12 from Mexico, Osprey's boys um, that I've spoken to are raving about him like, as a second playmaker, so he could be uh, someone that's gone under the radar as well. But um, yeah, I, I, I think um, for me, yeah, I, I think Hawkins could be the, the, real, uh, the real breakthrough this season. Yeah, it's, it, it, yeah, absolutely. And obviously, rate, rated so highly, and like you said, had such a good, uh, such a good under twenties tournament. That'd be, it'd be, it'd be great to see from a from a club and a national perspective. Murph, to, you know, obviously, we've mentioned their signings. Wise, there's there's not um, there's not a great deal other than other than Jack Walsh that we've um, who uh, Steph's just mentioned. What do you make of that that squad as a whole, uh, Murph? If if everyone kind of stays stays fit, does that look like the strongest squad out of the, the four regions to you? Yeah, uh, like I say, if they if they can um, uh, build on uh, some of last year, now that you know uh, the bulk of the squad is fit, you know that's going to curse them, obviously. But um, if they can kick on from there, I think they're the team. If any of the uh, the regions are going to challenge, they're the ones who might break into the top half. Um, go, going back to Joe Hawkins, a lot of people mentioned him online when you asked the questions uh, today, and um, I think he was a bit exposed last autumn. He got thrown in to some Ospreys games away in Ireland mm. and got completely run over a couple of times. Well, quite a lot of times in one game where they, I think they took a hide in Munster. And at the time, I, I, was, I didn't realise he was still qualifying for Wales under 20 at the time. I thought he had just come out of Wales under 20, but then he, he did another Six Nations season with him. And at the time, I thought, well, that, that's a load of noise about nothing. But it turns out he was just too young he was thrown in too young because of injury and what have you and, and then he had a great uh, that, that partnership that uh, Steph mentioned in the centre for um, uh, Wales of the 20s is mouth watering even if the, the rest of the squad uh, the rest of the under 20 squad wasn't too strong um, yeah and so I, I, I've had to change my mind about him because I had written him off last autumn I just thought he was he, but he, he'd been thrown in too early I don't think they wanted to do that it was just a just the hand was forced. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I hope he's uh, everything. I, I think I've said before that the Hadley Parks axis hadn't properly been replaced until, by the way, uh, Tompkins turned up and started throwing 20-yard passes this summer. 
in South Africa, which I'd never seen him. I never seen him. Well, he never seen him look to pass. Never looked. Never looked like a, a player who wanted to give the ball away for a lot of his uh, Welsh career. So he, he's completely transformed over the over that tour. I don't know what happened to him there, but he suddenly just started launching the ball all over the pitch. So um, yeah, but I think that that first choice at the moment, that first choice partnership, is really good for us, uh, Tomkins and North. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And obviously, I think North. I anticipate him getting more more game time at centre for the Ospreys as well because even though he, he kind of that I know he's been injured for a long time and prior to that he made the switch for Wales but I don't think he's actually played that much that much game time at thirteen for the Ospreys but Steph do you, do you think that's going to be his position um, his club position uh, throughout this season? No, I think he's going to be a wing. Do I think you? the Ospreys see him as a wing. I think that's a problem. Yeah. Wales see him as a thirteen. Ospreys see him as a wing. I think he's a good enough player to sort of go between both obviously but um yeah I, I i think i think i think the key is again you know i, I think i think that it's difficult because wheels wheels are quite i don't know wheels are struggling a bit in the centers at the moment they've got a lot of good young players coming through but they're not quite there yet if you see what i mean mm. um so that's you know necessity for wheels but i think the offsprays are one on the wing uh with cuthbert and maybe um Max Snaggy or, or Michael Collins um, a full back so um, yeah not North play wing for them I think Fair enough and Murph you kind of alluded to it there do you do you, uh, do you see the Ospreys sneaking into the playoffs? Yeah I, I'm going to say eight Eight there we go the dizzy yeah. the dizzy heights of eight of, uh, of <laughs> yeah. a, yeah. a Worldside place in eighth um, The dizzy what, heights of upper mid-table <laughs> <laughs> Exactly uh, what, what do you reckon uh, Steph? Well, I was looking at the um, covered um, Bristol yesterday against um, against Bath. You know, mm. I was just looking at all the teams in the Gallagher Premiership, the starting teams they had out this week. I thought to myself, Ospreys, and this is a big thing to say, but when they got the strongest team out, they're better than all bar maybe Saris or maybe Leicester. Uh, and they, you know, they on paper their strongest team. They got a pack. They got a scrum. You know. On paper, their team is is seriously strong, um, but the issue for them will be again they lose they, they provide so many players to Wales, and that's a curse really. The evidence suggests that's a curse for the for the um, for Welsh team. So that's the problem they got. I think they're building some depth. They got good club players. You know, Will Griffiths. I, I like Bruce Davis, as you said. Um, you know, Morgan Morris probably would suggest myself for Wales because of size. He, he's a good player. Nicky Smith. Don't really understand why he's not playing for Wales, to be honest. But even there, though, years, Sam Parrish, they are building some depth, and I think Jack might get overlooked, unfortunately. So I, I think, I think it would be a failure if they didn't make the playoffs this season. I, I think they're better. They should be better than the two Scottish teams. They should be better than Connacht. Um, I, I think they can make the playoffs. And you look at Europe; they've got Montpellier, obviously a French champion, mm. stars of the team. Leicester, the English champions. Um, but if the Ospreys can get the strongest team out, they can take scalps in Europe as well. Um, but that's, that is the issue, getting the strongest team in the park. But certainly in terms of the URC, I, I, I think you know, it would be a real disappointment if they didn't make the top eight, at least. What about Europe then, Murph? Like Steph said, they've got a you know, tough, um, tough time of it with, uh, with two of the champions of England and the champions of France. Do you think actually that they'll probably give it give it a go in that first game, and then if it doesn't uh, 
if it doesn't go the way they want, concentrate on the league? Um, I think a league will be a priority anyway, uh, mm. whatever happens in their first game. Um, they could, yeah, I, they could take scalps at home. I can't see them winning on the road too much against that opposition. I mean, that's like a group of death, isn't it? Um, and they're, they're the only side in the, in the top tier, aren't they? We have, the other three are yeah, all challenging. It. Cup, so, only, so, I mean, um, the, the issue there, I would say, for them is, uh, like Steph said, their first choice side is great, but it's when, when you're missing two, three, four players, as you, as you will do as you go through the season, um, they, there's a big drop-off from some of their first choice players down to their next guy. So, um, yeah, I can't see him. I can't see him getting out of that group. But uh, I, I, I honestly think um, league position will be their their priority anyway. Yeah, and a quick word on their kit. I'm not going to ask Steph because he doesn't. He, I'm not, he, I'm cool he, he, he doesn't want to. He doesn't, <laughs> want, he doesn't want to do this. I don't know. <laughs> uh, in fairness, I haven't seen the Ospreys kit, so uh, you can you can leave me out as well. Shall, shall I do it then? Yeah. Shall I do it then? Clearly, clearly I'm the only one who's got the uh, the enthusiasm for this kit section. Um, but yeah. <laughs> A solid, a solid all black uh, number. I think that's, that's that's pretty decent. The away kit looks uh, looks strong. Again, all white, nice, um, uh, nice strong get out there. I think they a lot less nonsense, and there seems less there seems less sponsors on there. It looks a lot less like a Formula One overall than uh, than, than some of the other yeah, teams. So they got, they got a habit of game. doing like f- some fruity colours for their yeah. away kit, haven't they? Yeah, you know, snot green and all sorts of over green, the years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but this yeah. is um, yeah, this is a good. Ice white number on the go, so um, yeah, that's a strong look, I think. Oh, so, uh, I, would, yeah. I would say Neath or Swansea, then that's the option. It is like, it is like that, <laughs> it, it genuinely is. Um, but there we go, right? It's time then to talk about the Dragons. This is one everyone's been waiting for. Um, you're right, I mean, so transfers, my god, <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, we could, we could do a pod on its own on the number of transfers, couldn't we? It's unreal, you, you know, they think. I think there's genuine pressure on them now. You know, there's always pressure on them to actually win more than two or three. No, games. there is. There is. We've but, said this, this time and time again. Now. They've got to. They've got to do. They've got to do something now because I do think. Let's let's start with signing because you take this there, Murph. I do think that there is genuine upgrades gone on there, and we, you know, we all know that they, their squad has not been good enough and not been deep enough um, for a long period of time. But there's some real good quality come through the door there. Um, yeah. Do you actually think it's going to make it? It's going to make a difference, though. Those those players coming in. Uh, I do. I don't think it's going to propel them into the playoffs. No. But I do think they're going to stop. You know, look, there's, they've signed players, especially the Welsh ones, who are kind of known for not playing much. Mm. <laughs> You've got the, you know, the uh, the more of what, what do we call him, the uh, concept, which the is concept, Roger Jones. Roger Jones yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Rob Evans, who has just sort of stopped making appearances uh, on a regular basis for the last three seasons, would we say? Um, but if they, you know, they're still upgrades from they're still upgrades from the guys who've just uh, left or retired or, or, or already there. So if they can get them on the pitch regularly, that's a start. And, it, and even if they don't, there's still depth. Um, and then they've offloaded Maximiu. And if if Lonsdale or, or uh, uh, George Knott are they can't both be great because Exeter wouldn't have let Lonsdale go if he was a great second row. It's just as simple as that. But he but, wants to pay for wheels, isn't he? That's, well, that's yeah, but he's still, he's still going to be a step up from Maximiu, whatever he, <laughs> whatever he does. Uh, and um, uh, George Knott, I know nothing, not much about either, but it, you know, the, there's, uh, 
losing um, Screech was a blow last year, but this is a bit of actual numbers because once, say, if one of these kicks, just in theory, now one of these kicks on and is actually really good, you suddenly got a guy alongside Will Rowlands every Saturday, and you know it's hard to imagine that you're going to start shipping shitty losses if you've got a really strong second row partnership turning up all the time. Well, I was I was saying this to Steph when we were uh, when we were off air that. Yeah, that you know, we all know it's a long, hard season, and particularly if you've not got a particularly strong squad. And the area that you get hit hard the most, and it makes the biggest impact, is in the front five. Um, and when Will Rollins was on the pitch for the Dragons last year, they looked like they would be in games because he just got through that much work. He was by far and away their most important player. Now, if this takes some of that pressure off, because he's going to be he's going to be playing with Wales. Like you say, if you if you go from having a player of his quality to a player who is nowhere near it, that that's a massive drop off. Um, and I think just having these exper- experienced gnarly props uh, props locks in the side um, is going to is going to make a big difference. But um, whether or not it's the difference between moving up the league table or the difference between losing by fifty points and losing by ten, uh, I'm not mm. sure. But it'll, it should still feel a bit better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, there's a few times where they come, uh, to borrow the racing analogy, mugged on the line at home um, by crummy teams. I think, you know, the, the weakest South African side yeah. beat them narrowly at home last year. And you'd like to think with this added quality, you know, it, it, it might be worth you reading them out because it's, you know, it's C.O. Tompkinson, Max yeah. Clark, Hanrahan, um, uh, Angus O'Brien is back, so that's cover at 10 and 15. Yeah. And then you've got the two, the two second rows. Bradley Roberts, who's kind of uh, uh, the, the, the uh, forgotten man from last autumn, uh, and then the two props, Roger Jones and Rob Evans, on top of you know a lot of uh, um, promising players like Nye Bevan, Nye Owen, and you know Will. Re- should we uh, lest we forget Will Reed, who gave every Gwent man a hard on last uh, last last April. <laughs> Quite. Um, there you are. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> let's, let, let's, let's, let's rein this in drastically um, and, and, ask, uh, and ask Steph to pick his, uh, pick his key player for this season. Steph, who, who is it who, who's going to step up and, um, and make a difference for the Dragons? Kind of parts Will Rowlands, really, for me. Mm. Uh, again, obviously, the issue is we were wheels, like bang up drum, but he's such an impressive guy as well. I spoke to him as well up in the USC launch, really bright guy. Um, you know, he went to Oxford. He did, um, yeah. You know, he's really good for wasps for years. Really underrated. Um, I just, I just, and everybody I speak to when they talk about him, they say that he's a really good, he's a really quick learner. Mm. Um, so um, yeah, I, I think he's very physical. You know, look at that scarlet game they lost at home. Um, him going off was a big, big blow in that game. Not saying they were definitely one, but you know, obviously they less than their chances and he's a good leader as well I, I just think he's he's a top class player um, so yeah it's just rolling for me although you know Sam whoever plays 10 has got a lot of responsibility as well I think because Sam Davis has had too much on his shoulders um, and I think Hunt coming in is going to take a lot of pressure off him as well and obviously Will Reed you know he's he's been doing well so Whoever plays ten is going to be key, but I just think, uh, yeah, I think Rowlands. Um, if I could pick one, it'd be him. Murph, who would you pick? Iman. Yeah. Um, Bertie Wu. 
Bertrand He's become a bit of a, a bit of a joke at times on this podcast last season. But um, from what I hear, he was phenomenal against the All Blacks and in a lot of the games they played in the Rugby Championship this summer. So uh, he's a team. fascinating player to watch because he is he is so hot and cold for the Dragons and he can be brilliant um, mm. and be you know and just look like what the hell am I doing here. Um, which, yeah. you know, I don't know, at times you, you maybe can't blame him for, but he's, un- <laughs> he's undoubtedly a class player. Yeah, he hasn't, he, hasn't, he hasn't brought his Argentina form to the Dragons' kit uh, very often. Um, and I think if he's got more quality around him, outside him and, and in front of him, then um, hopefully they get the best out of him this year. I, I, I'm, to be honest, he's played so many... Uh, good performance for Argentina. I wondered. I, I wonder why he hasn't been snapped up by a bigger club as backup for someone. You know, in France or whatever. Um, maybe they know something we don't. I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, you're, you're right. There's no. There's no denying his class. I, I. I would say he's probably had more more good games than bad games for the Dragons. But um, he's one of those players. I think if he if he puts his A game together every single. Every single week of the the season, that makes it that that makes a massive difference. Um, and uh, and then yeah, when you've got you know Roger Williams in the squad as well, um, and if they're both fit to be able to to play in the same side, I think you know again it, it just makes that squad look a look a look a fair bit stronger. But yeah, it could could well be the, a key player. Argentina obviously play a totally different type of game to the Dragons as well, don't they? Um, so you know that that's one of the reasons. And obviously Argentina's pack is a bit better than the Dragons. Steph, Steph yeah. what are you trying to say here? What are you trying to say? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a bit better, slightly better than the Dragons back, so I imagine that might help his cause. But yeah, you know, he's not he's not done anything wrong for the Dragons. We haven't set the world alight, but I do think that, like, um, you know, uh, Aaron Smith would probably struggle at Rodney Parade, if I'm being honest. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But I am a bit shocked that he he hasn't gone to a yeah. so-called bigger club. To be honest, um, but maybe maybe, you know, maybe 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 that's just around the corner. That's, that's cheered me right yeah. up. Um, which uh, who's who's the breakthrough player you've gone for, Steph? Who's the player who's going to have a great season then get, get then get snapped up by a bigger club? Um, uh, I'll think about this. Um, there are a few options. Um, I'm just trying to think. It's it's uh, it's difficult, and I I don't really want to say Will Reed because we've you know gone you know we we we've waxed lyrical about him. Um, I'm on the fence on this, but he sort of has broken through already to an extent. But I'm a big fan of him. I don't know when I, you know he's injured. I think he's out for the first few weeks of the season. But he's a proper baller, isn't he? You know, yeah, he, he bring other people into the game. Um, everyone's coached him like I've spoken to like raves about him I'd like to see him just sort of take his game to the next level he's broken sort of through a regional level but I'd like to see him he trained I think he trained away isn't he like when they played Argentina last summer but he, I don't think he was like officially part of the squad so suggests that he is sort of on the radar uh, but I'd like to see him put in performances whereby like we start to think hang on now is it time to bring him in the wheel squad yet so mm. uh, I'd like to see him Oh, and go um, you know, go to another level. And uh, what about you, Murph? Breakthrough player? Uh, I just, I, I, I've done the same as um, uh, Steph. I would have gone um, uh, Will Reed, but you know, he, he, 
in re- in reality, he, he might have to wait in line again um, because of Hanrahan and Sam Davis and even Fergus O'Brien. They're all more experienced. Uh, huge fan Fer- of Fergus Mike, O'Brien. Now is it? What did I call him? Fer- you oh, call him Angus. Fergus. Yeah. All oh, right, sorry. Uh, <laughs> and um, a huge fan of Nyoin also. But I what I hope is all I hope all the signings pay off. Because if it if they do, if all the signings go well, even Rob Evans, Rob Evans is only thirty, and mm. at his best, he, he gets in the, the. I don't know. Obviously, he's struggling to get get anywhere near his best anymore. But if he gets towards that form again, he gets in the Welsh squad again, mm. because uh, um, uh, Gareth Thomas, who's holding number number one jersey at the moment, seems to be. Only popular with Wayne Pivak. He had, a, I mean, he had a good tour because oh, he was I holding. Think, up. I think he's been a massive find, to be honest. Yeah, he, he was holding he's... up Vincent Cock and, and Mal, yeah. Mal Herbert and everything. Um, mm. So you can't really criticise. But there's, there's um, still, I think, players in the one jersey being overlooked. Uh, well, out, Steph, you know, Steph said it earlier. Nicky Smith is the one to me that's that's, that's yeah, baffling. Exactly. But but to, yeah. to bring it back to Dragons, you're right. I mean, like look. If Rob Evans is 80% of the player he was, is that an upgrade in the number one shirt for the Dragons? Yes, undoubtedly. And I, I think that's that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I think you're, you're I think, sorry, I think, I think you're right, Jed. I think, like, you know, the, these signings aren't going to like propel them into the playoffs, maybe, but they're better than what they had before. They're all upgrades. Like, maybe Rob Evans isn't the player he was. But he's still better than what he's replacing. Rodri Jones the same, so you know that's that's obviously a positive. I think. Yeah, I, yeah. I, you I know, understand. in fairness, people like uh, Sayuli and uh, Moravu um, and Donge weren't the worst they've had. <laughs> to be honest, the they were they were upgrades on what was there previously. Exactly. So yeah. now, they, if they become second choice there, then, you know, if they come on off the bench, then Sayuli, thought, I thought, was a fresh of fresh air at times because he was carrying as well. For yeah, the, I did. Uh, I, know, I know quite a few yeah. fans who didn't like him, actually, and they weren't massively yeah. keen to see him uh, stay on. But I, again, I, 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 I thought he did a decent job. Yeah. And again, the centres, you know, if Max Clark and CU uh, Tomkinson comes off, you know, you, you, go, you, you put pressure on Nio to kick on again, and because at times you'd have Jack Dixon uh, and uh, Nio in, and it, it, although Jack Dixon's been around forever, he never seems to look like an experienced player. If that if that makes any sense, he's been he's been like ten seasons at the Dragons, I think, or something like that. I think he never seems like actually like, ten years since he made his debut. Yeah. yeah, and he doesn't never looks like the senior partner, no matter how many years he puts on the clock. So mm-hmm. uh, to go if you then go Max Clark, who's got Premiership experience, and then CEO as well, if they hit the ground running then then you you know I think you kick on again and um, it's just a matter of gelling it's quite a lot of new signings a matter of gelling them all together quite quickly I don't know if you saw any of the lineups for the pre-season friendlies I did see the you, lineups I haven't yeah. seen the games but I saw the lineups you know, the match the, reports the, it was, you know it was it was mouthwatering at times Lonsdale was on the blind side in one he game was. Um, uh, the other one is that Ashton's fit again so um you know, it's just all, it, it, it's worryingly, everything's rosy at the Dragons. Do you know what I will say, right, is they need to get wins and good performances under the belt in the first few, in the first few. Yeah, um, early. Yeah. Early, and yeah. Edinburgh away is not a particularly good, not a particularly good place, but to go through the whole home season without winning a game last season is just, is not good enough. You know, no. you've, in this league, there are enough dud teams for you to put them away at home or, mm. 
you know, a Scottish side when they're they've got no, you know, none of their internationals. You should be putting them away at home. Um, yeah. But what was I, I don't know if you remember, but the first few home games of the season last year. Dragons came out really well for 50, 60 minutes and played with a huge intensity and then dropped off a cliff. And there was yeah. a lot of, like you said, a lot of games that they that they left out there. They've got to turn those into wins now and, and you know, a stronger squad should help that. Sounds like my club. That does it. Amazing for 50 minutes. We, we were 19 points up against Bedworth the uh, weekend before last at half-time and still lost. So uh, it's very, very Dragons-like of us. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go for a quick prediction myself on this one. Um, I think the Dragons are going to finish a staggering 13th this season. There you go. That's, there's that to look forward to. Um, what, were they 15th last year? 15th, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think 12th, 13th. That's the result, though, because that's a, you know it's like an extra four or five wins in the season. To, to that's that, it. Yeah. To, to, yeah. to only go through a season with two wins just isn't good enough. And if you can get. If you can get six, seven wins, then it does. I know we've got to be. That's the sad thing about this. You've got to be realistic that that would represent a massive, a massive step forward. Um, yeah, where do you see I, the Dragons finishing, Steph? I think that's a good shout. What you said. Um, I think obviously the, you know, the, the as you said, they've upgraded in most positions. I, I really like Lonsdale. Um, uh, you know, he's obviously come here to play for Wales. Uh, I think he'll add something. See your Tompkinson is injury prone, but he's a good super rugby player for Highlanders. So, and JJ Hanrahan won't set the world alight, but he's a very solid player, good competitor, good kicker. Um, but you know, it's the Di Flanagan, Dean mm. Ryan, um, Axis. Um, they've obviously brought you know D- Dean Ryan's methods are obviously very um, you know route one. Uh, yeah, and then it works sometimes, but not all the time. So I think Flanagan, you know, he's very popular, he's a good man manager, so uh, I think he might one of the think thinking behind him as well might be him coming in and sort of being like a bit of a cushion between that sort of route to an army cell approach. So it'd be interesting to see if that happens, um if that works. So I, I think the dragons will be better, they'll improve, but will they improve enough? So I'll 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 agree with you. I'll say thirteenth, uh, but um no European run because Wasp will take it seriously. Yeah, um, agreed. Pull power in that group as well, Nick. So, I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they're struggling in Europe as well. Yeah, and, and I think that the the priority has just got to be the league and making and making better progress, uh, making better yeah. progress than that. Murph, I'm, thoughts? I'm more optimistic than you two. I just want that on, on the record. That I, Go I, on. I, I, well, you're saying 13th, I'm saying 12th, possibly 11th. There you are. Jeez, jeez, yeah, Murph. Yeah. What, that's, that, that's the biggest what was that improvement. Drink you got a half time. <laughs> that's the biggest. <laughs> that's the biggest improvement of any uh, region, if it happens, because the rest of them, I'm just saying, they're going to be as they were, or, or one or two, yeah. one or two places higher. But um, I, I look at that, that squad. Can't carry on. You can't, you can't have a blank season at home with that squad. You'd no. have to sack the coach and possibly the the head honcho as well if that happens again because yeah. that squad's good enough to win games you know not 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 top half for sure I th- but. yeah and I think actually as much as the squad is really really important Steph's touched on the Di Flanagan coming in there um, mm. yes I think it's important I know exactly what you're saying him being a cushion and being you know the um, the one who can get a tune out of the players by uh, you know I guess being a bit more of the the arm around the shoulder the, the consultative you know, support there, whereas Ryan is, you know, very disciplinarian. Um, but at the same time, you've also, you've got 
you've actually got a head coach and a director of rugby, which hasn't been the case there all the time. So I think that in itself will make a will make a um, will make a difference. And I, you know, and Di Flanagan, I think is a is a good appointment. You know, he's like he's, you know, he's well liked and well rated. I think so, but it's um, it's how they work together that's going to be the, mm. the interesting thing. But um, yeah. Um, I, I, I tend to agree. I think there'll be an improvement. Um, I think I think they need to make Rodney Parade a difficult place to go and win again. Um, too many teams go there and win yeah. easily. Just if size be if size a glance, they're in there with the Bulls. And fair enough, but at least give them a bloody nose. Um, I know. I think they need to get more Welsh Derby wins as well. They need to set themselves like certain goals. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not you're not going to go from down there to up there. No. But Card- Cardiff at home should be a cup final for what it would do to just general morale around that you know around yeah. this team that's largely been you know m- maligned for for over a decade now. If you could beat Cardiff at home, that I think that'd be a massive shot in the arm. Games like that, anyway. Yeah, no, I totally agree, and I don't see why they, why they can't beat Cardiff. No. They, they, they look look at the Dragons pack from five: Olivier, Rob Evans, Elliot D. Um, Leon Brown, Lonsdale, and Rowlands. Yeah. That that's bet from five and card, isn't it? Mm, I would say so. Well, they, I, I mean, the back row. I, I, I always feel sorry for their back row because they they got some, you know, Moriarty, Wainwright, uh, Basham. You know, that's as good yeah. as anyone's back row. That, yeah. It is. Yeah, we forget though. It's all doom and gloom with the Dragons. But if you actually look mm. at the team, you're like, this should be better. This should yeah. be quite a lot better. Like they can take Scarlett on up front as well. Don't think I think the Ospreys will probably do a job with them, but mm. I don't see why they can't win a couple of derbies at the very least. You know, like yeah. Basham, like all the time. You know, he's always been whenever he's out of contract, he's like linked with like big English clubs and stuff. He's a top end international player. Like the, the, there's holes in his squad, yeah, but there's a lot of good players as well. And the narrative needs to change. It needs to be a bit yeah. of pressure on the Dragons. Yeah, it I does, agree. Isn't it? I'm not. I'm not saying are oh, they going to win the league and like that, but they should be. They should be better, shouldn't they? Yeah, you know? abso- absolutely. And and there are times as well when they simply haven't been able to put together like simple, uh, simple passes to take advantage of an overlap. And I know that comes yeah. as part of you know being a squad that's that's used to losing all the time and 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 probably ones in training that they put away all the time. But that's the stuff that's got to change. And and you're right. You know there there is there is pressure on there. There has to be because. Um, Dean Ryan's been backed. He's got a lot of good players come in during that. They they have to get a, a song out of the um, out of these set of players. And, and like you said, like Rodney Prey should never be a place where it's easy to play. And I know it's a bit of rugby mythology and stuff, right? But even when we've been crap, we it's been a it's been a hard place to play. You know, yeah, ask Mike problem, Phillips; yeah. he'll tell you all that. Yeah, because and and you know, and if you lose that, then then it's um. That's something that that is an easy and easy thing to get back with it with a couple of wins, and you know I'm not saying it's a fortress, but a bloody hard place to go. Yeah, exactly. The best example, um, the Leinster game last year. Yeah, they took. I think Leinster won by a point. Leinster didn't play well, but the Dragons turn made it a horrible game for them. Yeah. Um, and that's what they need. Leinster won. They're a better team. They had a bloody nose, but that's rare now. You know, you got teams with the Lions going and winning, and mm. you know. Ben, I think Ben and Drew, but you know, it's just scarless when they 
quite comfortably is just yeah, Rodney Parade's not a fortress anymore. And it needs to be it needs to be a tough place to go and win. It does, yeah, absolutely agree. Um I was gonna take some listeners' questions, but we have been on air for absolutely ages and uh, and I appreciate you uh, you boys uh, you boys sticking around. So apologies to anyone who, who sent in a listener's question. We'll um we'll have more time uh, next week when we um when we come back to it. Um, talking a waste of time, Murph, a uh, a word for the kit, if you've seen it? Not seen it, sorry. Awfully sorry, old boy. Um, Is it a retro yeah. kit? Because if it's not a retro kit, I'm not interested. No, not especially. I would have li- yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd have probably liked a bit more amber on it, but we won't, um, <laughs> yeah. we, we won't, we won't go down that route, will we? Um, but yeah, anyway, look, fellas, fascinating chatting to you. Um, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Um, Quick word as always for our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. If you want to get some great quality coffee, you can do that over at socoffeetrades.co.uk. Uh, we'll be back next week when the season is underway, and we'll, uh, all of these predictions will have, uh, well, certainly all of mine will have come unstuck by then, and the Dragons will have lost by 70 points to Edinburgh. But um, uh, we'll be back to, to go through all of that with you. So uh, thanks for listening, and we'll be back to chat rugby with you next week.